What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, What's Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy. Mostly because like a faulty guy just didn't sound so cool to me. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner. He's the Italian stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it. Mr. Joey Murray. Stallion, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Russ. Glad to be with you, as always. Today's topic, bro, is the value of experience in IBC. What do you think the biggest takeaway is from this topic that the person listening needs to know? Man, what I will tell you is if you don't have experience at IBC, you'll gain it uh, if you do it the wrong way, right? So you might as well start with someone else's experience and make sure that you don't have to have your own, like borrow it. it, it this is This is just like anything else we talk about. And on your path to financial freedom, do you want to pay retail or get somebody else's lessons? They've already spent the time, money, and energy and frustration on. Like that, that to me is the biggest take. You and I have been sharing this, this message together for 10 years, right? That's right. I, I shared it with you in 2009 and, and you broke away from the Wall Street beast and came with me and Man, it's been a lot of fun, but for the person listening, right, they have a completely different perspective as you and I do. They they hear the concept of infinite banking, they uh, they Google, and they get to read a lot of different pieces on it, right? Some really good, some not so good, maybe some that probably not super accurate, right? And and what, the, what I would love for you to take away as you're listening to today is... We got nothing to sell you here. We want to hopefully improve the messaging around the concept of infinite banking, create more clarity of what it is versus what it's not, but also to some degree, I mean, spray bug spray on the the people out there that may be sharing the incorrect message, maybe not giving you a full picture of all the things that you can do with it, right? It's just more to it than a financial product. And we're going to break that down. But before I talk about all the things we're going to talk about, let's bring in the dream team of financial coaches we have here to talk about this. To my left, I got a true financial Sherlock Holmes every day. No problem too difficult to solve. By I only known him earlier, I'd be so much richer, said everybody. Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. Let's see her. Man, good to be seen. Russ, What's did your- you know there's two ways to get your name remembered? Okay. Tell me. We want to get, we want to be remembered, right? You can mm-hmm. either be exceptional, an expert in helping someone, you might say, or you can be terrible. 
<laughs> right? If you're just average, nobody's going to remember. Nobody remembers the guy who just gave them average help. But you certainly can be remembered for being exceptional. You absolutely can be remembered for being very poor. And I just, as I thought about that, quick example. Joey, have you ever had a, a just amazing experience at the cell phone store? Actually, I have. I actually have. Wow, that's amazing. Shockingly, but yes. I'll, I'll tell you, I was not expecting that. <laughs> Mainly out of my own experience. I, I still remember the guy's name three years ago who, who helped Caroline and I last. And not because he was an expert. Are those air quotes around helped? Uh, help? Correct. Yeah, okay. 100%. Who the the last guy? I remember his name, Rob. You're probably not listening, but I remember you. You got your name remembered, and man, I realized. Um, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to distinguish between an expert and a yes man. But once you figure that out, right? You you, you need to you need to tread tread carefully with that yes man. He, I like to negotiate, so I, I like to I want to find out every deal out there. And I want to get the best one. So that's, I was, I was, I was working Rob <laughs> at the Verizon store. <laughs> and man, we walked out of there with a sweet deal until we got our second month bill. And it was not what I was expecting. <laughs> this was massive disappointment. Um, so yeah, you, th there is a lot of value in dealing with an expert. And there is a lot of value as, as someone who offers services Man, I, I would rather be known as an expert and have my name remembered there than as the opposite. I love that. Well, I, I'm interested to get your take on this subject as we jump in in a second. But first, let me get around the table to Mr. King of Beating, Mr. Real Estate himself. He's agnostic to his type as long as it produces cash flow. The multi-talented Jamie O'Brien. Good to see you, Jamie. Man, good to be here, Ross. Just enjoying another day in paradise, my friend. Tell me the value of experience at IBC. What's what's it in it? What's in it for someone to listen to us about this topic today? In your opinion, I mean, in my opinion, the whole concept of IBC is taking control of our financial future, right? And and so what a lot of people typically do is hand that over to somebody else. So if we're going to be in control of it, don't we want the advice of somebody who's been there, done that, and can guide us in an expert manner as we we think about not only our future but for generations to come, our kids' future, our kids' kids, our grandkids' future. Don't you want an expert leading you in in that? Uh, I do. I love it. I love it. I'll, you kind of give away the first point. So as you listen to this topic today, we're going to cover three big areas, the pros, the process, and the product. So if you want to know how to, how to know the difference if you're dealing with an expert, a professional, or an amateur, as Ernie called him, a yes man, we're going to cover that. Also, what is the, what is the process? What what actually does infinite banking solve for people? Right, there's a lot more to it, and the process is really important. And then, lastly, we are going to cover the product. There's a lot of different discussions out there of the different ways, the best ways to set up IBC. Is it you know should I set it up this way where so much money goes to the PUA? Should I use Index Universal Life? You, should I use a, a, an insurance policy where I stop paying after a handful of years? All these different strategies, we won't get to all of them, but we'll get to the ones that we think are the most important to talk about today. Let's jump in right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. 
your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. All right, gentlemen, I want to talk about how would you know when you're dealing with a professional as it relates to IBC as compared to an amateur? Ernie, you're so bold to talk about this a little bit in kind of your why behind today's topic. So I'm going to come to you first. I, I don't want to steal any of the thunder that you have. Tell us, how do you know when you're dealing with a professional in IBC as compared to an amateur? Yeah, well, I'll take a bite out of the question. I can't can't do all of it justice, but I think there's two things. There's training and experience. And think of it like this. Let's say you that you've enlist, enlisted in the army and you're being sent out. Who do you want leading you? you know, take your pick. Somebody who's done all the training, but it's never been to battle. Or someone who has done none of the training, but has been to battle. Or someone who's done the training and has been to battle. I think the expert is someone who has both. And if you get someone who has just one of those two, you might not be dealing with an expert. And I'm certainly, I'm, I, I don't, definitely don't want to follow somebody who's done uh, no training, get out there and, and things can fall apart real quick. And I also don't necessarily want to follow a practitioner who has no training because what if something goes wrong? <laughs> How do I know that this is being implemented correctly and in the world of the infinite banking concept, there is no strategy that is more long-term. And you need training and experience to guide you on the right route. Hey, can I ask you to, like, as Joey was said, put a little more clothes on that one for me. Let's talk about what is that training as it relates to IBC. And then let's talk about going into battle, using it, being an expert in that space. Would you mind breaking that down for us a little bit? Yeah, sure, sure thing. Well, a couple of components, when we talk about IBC, there's, and these are our following points. There's the process of becoming your own banker. How is the person trained in that process? And then there's the, there's the product. There is the application of life insurance into this. And you want an expert that has training in both experience in life insurance. And lots of people have that. It's, it's, it's actually surprisingly easy <laughs> to get credentialed and trained to be able to sell life insurance. Now, the process of becoming your own banker, that's a little bit nuanced. And what I like to always share with people is, where does this come from? We know that the infinite banking concept came from a man named Nelson Nash, who taught this himself, who set up an institute to continue to get the word out and developed a curriculum to train other people in the process of becoming your own banker. So I think that's one piece. And then I think the second with experience is, does this person, this so-called expert, practice this in their own lives to such a degree that they have become their own banker? And do they have the experience able to tell you what they've done? I think there's a couple of components there. Well, th thank you for going deeper. And I do think it's important to talk about where we learn and where, where, where have we been taught, right? So I had the privilege of meeting Nelson Nash in 2004, January, 2004, I was at a conference in new Orleans 
Now, here's the key is that um, not always do you gain the insight at the specific time in which the information is given. I've shared this story many times. I heard Nelson speak January 2004 in New Orleans, January 2005 when I was in uh, Phoenix, uh, Arizona, 2006, 2007, all these times um, in different places. And it wasn't until January 2009, I was sitting in Orlando, Florida, and I heard him speak and my ears was open because I was ready for the message. But listening and spending time with him, one of the things that I know, you talked about the institute that he created, um, fondness for that, right? That was a legacy that he has. Uh, I love participating in it. Uh, I love many of the practitioners in there. But I would say too, is that when, when I listen to Nelson, the things that he taught, it can only be taught when you're sitting next to the person as he's explaining how he did things, how he does things. Because even in his book, his book is not a perfect representation of exactly what he did practically. And he would tell you that. He would say, I wanted this book to be easily read and consumed. If he actually had to go through and explain all the things that he was doing, it would not have been an 85-page book. It would have been several hundred pages. And most people would have not have never consumed it, would have never heard the message, would have never been practicing. And so I think not only continuing to learn about this, and you learn by doing, right? You learn, you know, the you, you talked about going into battle. Well, there's there's many different people that I've talked to that have gone into battles and talked about the lessons that they learned because they come back and they spend all this time. They may be in like may go on a mission that takes 30 minutes and they will spend eight to 12 hours maybe afterwards debriefing the mission and continuing to learn after the fact. And I think that that's how you know when you're dealing with a professional is that not only have they gone out there, but they come back and they started debriefing, started understanding about the situation. And that only comes from a learning mentality. That only comes from a mentality that then becomes a teacher. And I'm going to say this, like I'm already going to fit 99% of the people who are actually selling life insurance talking about IBC is that it, there is a sales mentality to IBC. And I think that that's an amateur model. I think a professional model leads first by talking about exactly how this can be done in your life, how it can impact all the people. And there's a teaching component that continues long after the life insurance policy has ever been bought. And so we talk about the difference between professionals and amateurs. Professionals know they're going to be around for a long period of time and want to be around for a long period of time. So they continue to learn, but they also continue to exude that to the world. And I think when you're talking to, you know, friends or family or whatever, you're asking, hey, help me understand the person that's telling you about this concept. How well have they done since you've done this? Like, what are the methods? What are the things in, in place? that allow you to continue to learn along with them. That's how I would declare the difference between a professional and amateur. Jamie, how would you determine the differences between those two? I think this ties into everything you guys have both said, but for me, it's a matter of, of practice and reps. How many reps do you have, right? Malcolm Gladwell wrote a great book called Outliers in which he came up or, or found a 10,000 hour rule. Pretty much he said the key to achieving true expertise in any skill is simply a matter of practicing. The key is, albeit in the right way. And so that's that's where it gets a little sticky with IBC. Is there a right way for IBC to be done practically, right, in our lives? And I think there's an argument out there that could go either way. 
However, when we think about who we are here at Wealth Without Wall Street, when we attach IBC as a tool to financial freedom, how many hours do we have collectively here in our in our coaching staff, in our community of people who are using this tool to produce passive income to reach financial freedom, right? How many experts are in the room that are actually implementing this in their lives as a tool to get where they want to go and achieve their goals? So that's what comes to my mind when I think about pros is how are you using it? Are you using it in the right way, right? Are you practicing in the right way? And for us, um, I think I think that we are. Darian, do we leave any meat on the bone left for you? Well, yeah, I think this is the way you know and pro is you have to ask the hard questions. You have to ask for the actual proof. You have to ask for ask for the numbers, right? How many policies do you personally have? What have you used your policies to do? What are the results of you having done X, Y, or Z with your policy? And if it's just this idea, which this is a, again, you want to kind of spray a little bug spray on the industry. Um, there's some people that have policies and they will tell you that you can somehow like benefit from borrowing from your policy to go on vacation or borrowing from your policy just to pay off a debt that's potentially even at a lower interest rate than what their interest rate is on their policy. Like there's some really bad ideas out there around this concept. It's just lack of knowledge, lack of experience. If the person you're talking to does not use their policy systems, and they should have multiple because this is not a one-time sport, right? You don't just set it up one time and forget it. This is always expanding. There's a reason because money is constantly in flux. So there's variables at play. You should be able to look at the results and they should be better off than where you are, right? They should be They should be further down the path that you want to have as your result. Otherwise, why would you follow them? I mean, we've given great examples here. I love what you had to say, Ernie, but at the end of the day, get the track record. And what I said by that is get the numbers. If they're not willing to give you that information, if they're not willing, I mean, there's a reason, Russ, how many times do we get asked when we say, yeah, we report on our passive income every single month. People are like, you do that? Like they're, they're shocked. But I feel like it's our duty to be able to provide you with the confidence that you're working with people who are further down the road than you. We've been there. We've done that. And we have a path we can walk you down. And whether you do it or not is on on you. Like that's your motivation, your your steps. But that's the reason why we share these things is because you should you, you should actually require that of the people you follow. Yeah. And and by the way, as you're listening to this, it's going to be hard for us not to come across like a sales pitch. But that's not our objective here, right? We want to provide insight and information that you can take away and and hopefully help you better understand what IBC is and what it isn't and and know when you're getting a, an awesome opportunity to work with a professional and there's many amazing professionals. I, I, you know, I think Joey and I are obviously um, biased to believe that our, our team of coaches are, are doing it really, really well. And, and we'd love to work with you here, but, and, and to keep it away from being a sales pitch. So we, we want to break this down from an applicable standpoint to your point though, Joey, I, I love the way that you said that 
ultimately, when you're working with someone in almost anything, when you look for professionals, you look for people that you wish you could emulate, right? If, you know, when I was a baseball player, I was looking at Dale Murphy, right? <laughs> there I am. I'm looking at the, you know, I'm looking at uh, John Smoltz. I was a Braves fan, right? Those, those are my idols growing up and uh, for baseball. And I wanted, I wanted to look more like them. And unfortunately, um, I was nowhere close, right? Clearly. But the, what you see in a professional is that they have elite nature. They can do things. You're like, I want to get to that point. What I find in the world sometimes is that we end up taking um, insight and invite and advice from people that are not further up the ladder, but further down the ladder than we are. Right. I, it took me a long time to go to realize that I needed to pick an accountant uh, who was making as much or more money than I was at the time in order to get advice, right? You start talking to attorneys, you start talking to service providers, start talking to people to create passive income. You got to find, um, you got to keep climbing the ladder. And sometimes that means you got to leave people behind. And that's a hard thing, right? Because you may have someone in your life who sells life insurance. And that's a, a, a component of IBC, right? Is that you have to have a life insurance policy. But the reality is, is that maybe you're further up the ladder than where they are and it doesn't behoove you to go down to try to work with them. You're trying to figure out how to get up closer to the professional level and looking for people that are in there. And, and Joe, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think one of the greatest ways is to show the stats, right? Given the baseball analogies, looking at the stats on the baseball, back of the baseball card to know, am I dealing with the professional versus dealing with the amateur? No doubt. All right, moving on to point number two, the process. In your eyes, Jamie, what problem does the infinite banking concept solve? Yeah, I mean, I think it it forces you. I don't think I know, right? The infinite banking concept, the whole the whole foundation of it was to take control of the banking function in our lives, right? So it forces you to become an active participant in that. It, be, it forces you to become an active participant in your finances, in your financial future, in your financial growth and how you utilize those dollars that are given to you on this earth. So I think there's a big distinction there. I think a lot of people go through life with a very passive participation in their future, right? We give money to money managers, and I was guilty of this for a very long time, and we hope and pray that it's gonna turn out to be the number on the screen that we need it to be when we're 65, right? Infinite banking forces you to participate in this in an active manner to reach your goals when you wanna get there. Would you mind giving just one example? Like talk talk to, the person listening to you, how do they use this as a participatory sport? How do they know that they can participate? How does one participate in IBC in Europe? Can you clarify the question? Are you talking about how the use of, of the system works? Yeah. I mean, just it, you said it forces someone to participate. Give an example, if you would, for someone yeah. who may not be familiar, who doesn't even understand what you're saying there. Yeah. So with infinite banking, we're using a whole life, dividend paying whole life contract that we're putting premiums into and, and getting cash value out of, right? So we've, we're have we warehousing capital in, in a different place than, than a bank or a retirement fund, right? So now we have to be good stewards and understanding what we're going to do with that cash value, right? There are some benefits to life insurance contract of long-term compounding growth, but you know that's one of the kind of noise out there is a lot of people compare whole life to other investments. I think the key is that in my opinion, my IBC system, my whole life contracts are not the investment, right? They're a warehouse for my capital that then I need to go put those soldiers to work. And I need to put that money to work to go out and bring friends. So it forces me to actively 
uh, get education, to get informed on investment deals that I'm making, or to Joey's point, kind of weigh the options. Is it a better use of my money, of kind of my cash value to go and use it for, you know, an expense or a liability that I'm going to going to purchase anyways and pay myself back and take over that function in my life, right? So that's that's kind of what I mean by being an active participant in it. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. Well, it's even second nature to you, Jamie, right? Like you, when you came into this world of infinite banking, the process is like you immediately got it because you had done the hard work of investing in yourself and you knew exactly what you would do with capital. In fact, you were right. actively investing in real estate, you were actively doing flips, you were buying long-term holds, you were doing the hard work and the policy and the system of policies that you created was a, was immediately able to be deployed because you knew what to do. But the thing that I think most people who haven't done the hard work like you get from infinite banking is they get this, like you said, a new place for capital to reside, but it begs them because it's sitting there growing, whether they use it or not, it begs them, what can I go do for you, right? right? I could be earning something else, but I'm just sitting here earning what was already kind of contractually obligated. And so it it makes you say, well, well, crap, what could I do with this? Like, what would be the best use for this? And you start to then have these questions and it starts to say, I need to invest in myself. I need to surround myself with both education and other investors so that I can make the best choices. So you're exactly right. The problem is most people have never even had to think about those things because they don't either don't have access to capital or they've always left it up to somebody else to your point. No, great point. Earth, how about for you? What problems does IBC solve in your eyes? Well, I think two categories, a big macro problem and then a personal problem. And and I, I don't hear a lot of conversation about this um, on the interwebs, but a big macro problem that the infinite banking concept can solve is, um, I'll put it in terms of active participation with money. Well, let's go the other way. <laughs> let's go with no no longer actively participating in some big macro problems. And so what would be some outcomes of that, some solutions is that the Federal Reserve would be eliminated, that our dollar would be restored to a gold standard, and the vast majority of our population would practice this concept and no longer participate in things which aid in inflating the money supply. <laughs> Think about that. 
would our world be a better place if we solved those big problems? I mean, we talk about moving to a digital currency. We don't have to do that if the U.S. dollar is re-strengthened and if we take the hands off of the so-called printing press. And infinite banking can help solve that problem. That's, that's big, big macro. Now, personal, you read Nelson Nash's Becoming Your Own Banker. You read his Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. You read how privatized banking really works. And you read the case for IBC. And it's really clear that the personal problem that infinite banking solves is our dependence upon third-party bankers. And what that means is taking active participation, yes, 100% agree, but over time building into your family the ability to reduce financial headwinds, which is the volume of interest that we pay for loans, and applying this family bank to creating then opportunities that allow us to create income that reduces our ability of having to work for money. Or what Nelson Nash says is commonly now is both heads of household or both husband and wife having to work for money because there's no money at work on their behalf. And so the I appreciate you guys helping me with this, but ultimately what that means is that the infinite banking concept helps us solve the biggest problem that we face with with our financial world, which is lack of access to cash. That's that's big macro and personally what the infinite banking concept solves. Yeah. Well well done. I love that. And you know, Joey, you and I spent a lot of time trying to map out just the the way that we could utilize this concept the best in our life, right? Because the process is so valuable. And you know most of the time you you don't have systems in place. Um, and that's why we see failure in our life, right? We're, we're not, most of the time, most people fail because of lack of systems, lack of the ability to implement good systems. But what's the old adage is that, uh, the, the best system is the one that you used and you and I were following this process and a, a good friend of ours saw you know, a sketch of what we were doing with our own, you know, system of insurance contracts and utilizing the cash value. And he said, what is that? And we're like, oh, this is just the way that we use, you know, these 40 plus life insurance policies on over 20 different insured and all these different cash, you know, and investments and taxes and the way we pay for things. And he's like, what do you call that? I would just call it life. That's just what we do. It's the infinite banking concept. He's like, no, that's, that's your passive income operating system. And so you, what did we do, Joey? We were like, oh, that's a, that's a nice name. And, and so we, we wrote an ebook on that. And you go to westwildwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S and you can see more details of that. But the, the problem, uh, the process is, is solving how do we do everyday life, right? The, the you and me's of the world are, are trying to figure out how do we have more money to do more things of the things we want to do and work less, right? And if we don't build systems and processes in our life that help us do that, unfortunately, we'll end up trading time for money and give up a lot of the things that we wish we had options to do. And when we built out this 
this passive income operating system by implementing the infinite banking concept and just coordinating it with lots of other things. You guys did a, such a great job of defining different things as it's doing. But for us is that it became the integral part of every little step. It was our operating system. And without that, our system doesn't move. We don't actually get closer to financial freedom because now when you get a wrench in the fan, you end up having to go fix the issue. And when you're fixing that thing, you're not, this other thing starts to break and this other thing starts to break. So once we build the system out, and this is the thing that we can't set up once, right? We can add little components to it, but when we set this up once, it does make our system work more efficiently. And now we are able to get to financial freedom quicker. So if you want to know more what that looks like, go to withwallstreet.com for slash PIOS has a great ebook that details exactly what that looks like. Joey, for you, what problem does the infinite banking concept solve? Well, I think I'm, I'm going to call out like the wealthy. You're wanting to emulate the wealthy in terms of they've become financially free, those sort of things. Well, what do they do? Well, how does this solve issues for them? It solves two major issues for them. It's protection and taxes. So protection both from creditors, right? These contracts, if you from most states, are creditor protected. Like that's pretty amazing when you think about uh, some of the most wealthy people we know. They're in highly litigious types of businesses. It's not because you know they have to. That that's just what they've been good at, and so they subsequently want to keep their assets. They spend a lot of money on asset protection. Well, this has a built-in component that helps them to do that. Second thing on protection is it protects them against their own family future, right? Like if they, something happened to them or something happened to others that they've insured, they're they are increasing or excuse me, reducing their risk by increasing their use of this process. When you start talking about the different the three different levels of implementing infinite banking, you start with the foundation of you and your spouse. You move into your children and potentially even parents, depending on your scenario. And then thirdly, into business relationships and investment partnerships. All those things, as you insure people's lives at each level, you're reducing risk in every one of those opportunities. Like that's that's a huge strategy of the wealthy. And then the last thing I would say is in terms of taxes, as you are building this, again, as uh, Jamie mentioned, like this warehouse of wealth, it's growing tax-free and it passes to the next generation tax-free. Like this is an amazing tool. Banks use it, the wealthy use it, and it can also be used for you in the same aspect. So I definitely appreciate those components of this process. All right, so we've we've broken down the how do you tell the difference of what a pro looks like in this space. We we spent a lot of time there on the process, different ways you can use it. Let's talk about the the tool itself, the product. And and maybe we can break down a little bit about the the quote unquote best ways to set up IBC, which we're we're not going to pull the um there's a cookie cutter approach to this that everyone should follow. That's totally not the case. But there are some best practices, maybe. Ern, you want to give the first stab at this? Yeah, and I'll I'll try to make this very quick. When I think about working with someone and implementing the infinite banking concept, 
and we're looking at designing a life insurance policy for this, ultimately we're placing this into somebody's financial life. And so we are trying to solve some problems and be nice to solve some of those sooner <laughs> rather than later problems. But also as somebody who has practiced this for many years and is looking at the impact of this generationally, we want to solve problems today without compromising or losing sight of the vision for the long range, downrange impact of this. So as it relates to picking insurance companies, selecting the appropriate life insurance product at that company, and then how it's designed and the features that we build into those life insurance policies, we want to make sure that we accommodate both the needs of today with the long view. And that impacts every step, like I mentioned, of the company, of the product, and of the design. It, would you, and I know we could go super deep on this one thing, but I, I do want to keep going a little bit deeper for the person who doesn't understand what you're saying there. What is a short-term solution that some people make that compromises the long-term vision, as you alluded to? Well, I think there's a lot of things. It, it could involve pairing this life insurance product as an investment. I'm just out to get the greatest rate of return. And so use something like Index Universal Life. It could be, I'm going to jam so much money into this on the front end by using a massive lump sum or weighting the paid up additions, the base premium so heavy that we're trying to get everything up front. It could be using a very limited pay product that might accentuate cash value in the beginning, but but take away our ability to contribute long-term. Um, and that would even impact what companies that you might look at using because of, again, the products that they're rolling out that might facilitate some of those things. And if you're looking really long-term, that takes away some of those options, or at least would it, it would you would maybe use those things, but in a very specific way in application. And by the way, I'm not talking about index universal life or universal life forms of insurance. I'm talking about the levers that we pull to either accentuate cash value in the front end or the flexibility of using that in the beginning. Yeah, that, that's great. There's so, so oftentimes I do think people violate Nelson Nash's first rule of infinite banking, which is you must think long range because we get so short-sighted and I was in a mastermind uh, just the other day and we were talking about 10 years down the road. And I said, well, let's look 10 years backwards. Like, let's look at where you were 10 years ago. Like think about what you were doing 10 years ago and what have you learned financially over the last 10 years? And it was just like crazy, the information that people were sharing. And I was like, so when I look out and you look out 10 years from now and we start to think about infinite banking, for instance, boy, we are so short-sighted on how much money we're going to be making and having, and we're going to need a place for that money to go, right? Like it's just crazy because you start seeing, I mean, maybe you're not it, it, because you're not in a circle. Like you don't have a community. You don't have a mastermind. You don't have people that are leveling you up. But for the rest of us who are in those environments, when you know that your goals are the average daily uh, attainments of the people that surround you, you know, you're going to be in 10 years in a position that's so much further along. So it forces us to think long range. Jamie, for you, 
what's the best way to set up IBC? Yeah, I mean, excuse me, I'm going to say it in a different way than, than Ernie did, but I think what we really try and do is we design insurance policies around people instead of people around insurance policies, right? Historically, if you go to get an insurance policy, you say, hey, I need $2 million of death benefit, and, and the insurance agent comes back and says, here's your price, right? Depending on your age, your health, and everything else. It's totally different here. We're, we're solving for a different problem, a different set of problems whenever we're pulling the levers, as already said, on these insurance contracts. We're solving for a need for cash, right? And trying to control that in our life. But we also think about this long-term, as you just mentioned, Russ, we're thinking about legacy or we're thinking about what this can do for our future generations, as well as protection, right? Joey mentioned that earlier in this call. How are we protecting, one, what we currently have and, and our families if something were to happen to us? I think that's an oversight, unfortunately, that gets kind of brushed over in IBC a lot on on the old interwebs is that we don't care about death benefit. I, I absolutely do care about death benefit. If something were to happen to me, I want to make sure my family is taken care of, right? And so there's there's a lot of ways that we solve it, but to kind of boil it down is I, I need to know who you are as a person, what your goals are, what your family structure looks like, and what you're trying to accomplish before I can even try and put anything together for you from an insurance contract. So I'd say, I mean, if your decide person says, hey, I just want to quote, I'm probably not the right guy for you, right? Or if you're working with a, with someone who says, hey, let me just get a quote to you, you might be working with the wrong person. Yeah, fair enough. It, it, Joey, there's people who tout, and this is very insurance vernacular, so apologize for all the jargon I'm about to share, but it, it you, you Google the term naughty 10. That's that's a that's some common industry conversation, right? That's happened over the last five, ten years. What's your thoughts on ninety ten? Well, I would say what's your thoughts on ninety one nine? What's your thoughts on ninety two eight? Why would you stop at ninety ten? And and let me just say this. Just just don't do it. Okay. It, Nelson Nash is very clear about thinking long range, the ninety ten option is a it's possible but it doesn't make it the right fit for you in fact i will i will go ahead and tell you this right now there's there's i had a conversation with somebody last week and they said oh well yeah um, I, I was working with this guy and you know they actually threw out that they would set up an iul for me an index universal life again more jargon industry jargon and i said well, why, why would you even work with them? He said, well, you know, they, they actually do whole life too. I said, if someone comes to us and says, will you set up an index universal life? The answer is absolutely not. You can go get that. If you want to go put in your order off of a menu with somebody else, go get fast food. I'm fine with that. That's not what we're going to do because philosophically we're setting you up for failure. You don't even know it. Like you don't have the education. You don't have the track record. We're talking about track record, talking about working with pros. The same thing is true with this 90-10. When your policy blows up on you 10 years from now, I don't want to be associated with it. I'm not going to set that up for you. Nobody on our team is going to do that. And and so that's the 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 reason why the design matters is because sometimes you don't have the knowledge and the track record and the experience to know that what you want is going to actually harm you in the future. And 
But besides that, man, there's so much creativity that goes into this design. As Jamie and both Ernie have explained, your scenario matters. And it shouldn't be, oh, I want one of those IBC policies. And they say, here it is. I mean, th- you should run. So the, the design only matters because of you. Well, the design matters. And the reason I, I'll put just a little bit around this and we'll close this up. Joey says, just don't do it. It's bad for you. Instead of that being, you know, da- daddy Murray, just say, don't do it. Don't put your finger in that socket. Right. Dude, I got five kids. Come on. Let's, right. let's just, let's don't, just cut. Don't do it. it. The, the purpose is, is that we should be looking for ways to build safety in our life. The reason we make this a participatory participatory sport and we actively participate in all of the things is we want to reduce the risk in our life, not increase it. And when we start getting involved in universal life products, when we get involved with having to put way too much money into the paid up edition rider, it causes us to buy term riders and insurance at at, at extreme levels at levels that really have not been tested over long periods of time, it creates variability. Now, I don't know about you, but variability does not equal safety, right? We want consistency. Consistency allows us to make decisions over the long haul. Variability doesn't mean it will end up worse, but there is a much higher probability that it can. And so when we are building and designing life insurance contracts, we want to build with the long range in mind, but also to create safety and consistency in our life, because this is a cash management system. This is a way for us to organize our finances in a way that gives us the ability to build on, add on, stack on. And for us and our, and you know, our group, we're looking to build assets that produce passive income that exceed our monthly expenses. For some people, they're like, hey, I just want to use this system to take over all third-party banking institutions and never pay another dollar in interest. Great. Well, we need to have safety in our structure. We need to have the ability to add on. We're not guaranteed in the future that we will be insurable. We don't know if we can. And so we need to consider that in our planning. All of these things level out to why we don't use products that add variability and add layers of risk unnecessarily that's why papa Mure says don't do it gentlemen great topic i know it's hard to uh, take a, a topic that nelson asked you to teach over 10 hours and bring it down in 35 to 40 minutes you did an amazing job covering the pros the process and the product if you want more of these insights go to our youtube page we actually did an 18 um uh, uh, unit series couldn't get that word out there, <laughs> um, on the Becoming Your Own Baker book. And we took a long time to cover the intricate details in it. As always, we appreciate you. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.